0: TV, anime, video games, books, Star Trek, Marvel, My Hero, Hook. It don't matter what you into, don't matter what you do, here on NerdShit, we got something for you.
1: Welcome back to Hypothetically Sound Presents Nerd Shit, where we talk about nerd shit. And if you're here, that means you read the title, and we are talking about episode four of season one called Vatos. If you guys haven't been watching, we go through each episode, we talk about things we like, didn't like, questions we had, uh, and plot points and things like that. So yeah, we'll get straight into uh, the plot for this episode, and then we can break it down. Uh, this episode opens as sisters Andrea and Amy are fishing uh, for the survivors at the nearby Lake discussing their childhood and hopes that Florida where their parents live was not hit as hard by the zombie epidemic. Uh, back in Atlanta, Rick, Daryl, Glenn and T-Dog have discovered the severed hand of Merle, Daryl's brother, where Rick had handcuffed him on the roof of a store. They follow the trail of blood to a sh- uh, blood to where Merle had killed some walkers and managed to, uh, cauterized the stump of his hand, and before finding out, he escaped the building, resulting in, for the case, going cold. Uh, back at the survivors camp, Jim begins digging holes, refuse, refusing to explain why. As the survivors press him, he lashes back at them, forcing Shane to restrain Jim. Jim breaks down, explaining how he had lost his family to walkers, and that a dream inspired him to dig the holes. Uh, Jim warns Lori to keep her son, Carl, safe. Back in Atlanta, Rick's groups get into conflict with the Vatos, a group of Latinos that kidnap Glenn and demand they exchange Rick's bag of weapons for his return. When they fa- face off at the Vatos' base, they discover it is a hidden nursing home, and the Vatos are only trying to protect their own family. Rick leaves some of his weapons and ammo for the Vatos, and Glenn is returned unharmed. Rick's group finds their vehicle missing and suspects Merle took it, seeking vengeance on the survivors, and they start to race back on foot to the camp. At the camp, the other survivors are enjoying dinner when a horde of walkers suddenly appear, fighting several members of the uh, the group, including Amy and Ed. Rick and the others arrive in time to kill the walkers. Amy dies in Andrea's arms, and as the others stand around in shock, Jim recalls why he dug those holes.
2: So, part of part of it, like with Jim's whole thing, when you mm-hmm. see him digging the holes and he can't he just says he just remembers he woke up from a dream, but he couldn't remember why, obviously because of the sunstroke he was having and yeah. he was digging, but made you think if if you were in an apocalypse and someone started telling you they were having premonitions or they were talking to spirits or you know, if they saw Bigfoot or something like that, would you tend to believe them? Or would you still be like, yeah, man, you're nuts, that stuff doesn't exist, kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I believe in them. Like, Just because the dead's coming back to life, uh, that's much more explainable than one random person all of a sudden having uh premonition thought. Like, we're in Dungeons & Dragons, you just don't get magical powers. Uh, so yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't believe them. I wouldn't it,
3: like I yeah I wouldn't believe them. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I
1: feel like um that would be almost a common thing though, right? Um, like uh, I'm trying to think of example. Any time an apocalypse thing happens, I feel like there's gonna be like one or two people that are like, Jesus told me this. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Like, and, this is the end,
3: Jesus told me.
1: And in a world where people, like, and this, this is the thing about him digging the holes, and, like, very coincidental that the perfect number of people died to the holes he dig. Very coincidental. But, like, he could he could have dug any number of holes, and eventually those holes are going to get filled. Because of the nature of the world they live in, so because of the nature of the world they lived in, uh, someone is going to die eventually. Like they could put said Merle was in one of those holes, and then all of a sudden, three. And oh, Jim, he saw the future. No, he just he he predicted a high probability thing. He he predicted that three people were going to die in a world where people die now. So like that. That's why premonition in a post-apocalyptic world of something like that just it, it would be such a a weird like someone to claim that. Like you just look at them, I would find them dangerous. It's kind of like in the movie uh, The Mist, where the religious people are like like claiming things, and then when something very predictable happens, they're like, "See, it was God." No, you you predicted something very predictable with monsters attacking. And so like that, I feel like that's what it would be like in that world. It's like you're predicting something that's highly possible. Does it make you a seer? Now, if you predicted that I would die in 29 seconds to a rabid wolf, then yes, then I would believe you. And everybody else should, too. At least specific, but okay. (laughs) It would have to be that
3: specific. So you—it was like
1: you don't give no credit to the man for getting a few right. None, no credit. Like I said, it, it's the world they live in. People like it's just—I think it was super coincidental. Like obviously a plot point, but super coincidental that they died the same day. If they died in a week like people were like oh he, he he saw something but like eventually That's saw it did. like people are giving it more stake because it happened so rapidly but at the probability of three
3: people from that group dying was 100% hmm bold statement indeed cuz if he saw all this vision why didn't he predict himself dying you did not dig himself a hole. Mm, that's a fair argument.
1: I'll, I'll I'll give you that one, Randy. <laughs> so I have a question. Um, you you grew up with uh siblings of differing ages, uh, and a father who liked to teach things.
0: A father who uh, likes you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh so and the this episode opens with Amy and Andrea talking about fishing and how uh they were taught the complete opposite thing from their father. Did Grandpa do that with you and any of your siblings? Did he teach you like you how to do something one way and teach Heidi how to do something a different way?
2: Oh yeah. Me and me and Kenny had to learn, you know, everything on the farm. By the time you know, Ryan was little he had chickens he had to deal with, so he got a little bit of it. But with Heidi being ten years younger than me, she didn't have you know, by the time she was old enough to do stuff, she was the farm. The farm was already gone. So yeah, maybe you maybe, know, so. Me rephrase like
1: like something at a skill because obviously, like with no farm, you're not going to teach Heidi how to run a farm when you don't have a farm. Uh, so like a skill. So like, uh, uh, tying knots. Tying no, knots. They were they were in boys' and girl
3: stuff and stuff, right?
2: Yes, um, I think. I really don't know because Heidi and I have never had that type of a discussion. I mean, Dad did different stuff with each of us, mm-hmm. so you know we didn't we all learned the same basics, you know we all learned what to do with a car, you know with our oil and the tires, and you know what sounds weren't good to hear when you're driving and you know and that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. um, you know, he worked with Ryan and Kenny on how to fix cars. Um, he, I don't, I don't think there was really anything that he taught each of us different. It, you know, as far as if it was the same thing.
1: Okay, I was just wondering, cause like, obviously the point of it in the episode was that, uh, he eventually thought the girls would be the, like, once he was gone, the girls would find themselves together again. And, uh, they would, whatever one couldn't do, the other one could do. Yeah. Like, so he was training them to survive, essentially, with each other. Mm-hmm. uh so I was just wondering if Grandpa did anything like that, if it was a, uh, uh, older th- generational thing, or anything like that, because, yeah, like, nothing that I was taught, Alec wasn't taught, di- Alec wasn't taught differently than me. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't think a lot of people nowadays are taught differently from sibling to sibling. So i was no, just curious if that was a, like, yeah, it was a writer it was thing writers you had.
2: Yeah, well, it's kind of the same thing with you and Alec when you would stay with your grandpa for the, the summer. You know what he would show you when Alec was old enough.
3: He kind of showed him the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just curious. So uh, moving.
1: Into the city. Uh, because we talked about the holes being dug. Uh, the whole sequence with the Vatos. This is my point of view on it. I don't think it was necessary. I, I I get that they were trying to show that this wasn't the only group left alive. Uh, but I don't think it was necessary. And I felt like it just like it was a Side story that pays off at no point in time in the future.
2: Um, um yes and no because it's it's setting it up for you know he, he was telling him Guillermo was telling Rick that there's people out there that you know are just they just come in and and take and you're gonna have to defend yourself because they hadn't Rick hadn't come across that I mean he he was with. He was in Atlanta, or not in Atlanta, he was when he woke up from the hospital, you know, he only ran into Morgan and his son, and then he was traveling alone, and it wasn't until he, you know, when he got into Atlanta that he met anybody, Mm -hmm. and when he met Glenn, Glenn brought him back to his group, and so as far as he knew, that's just how things were, is that people were just together in groups.
1: Like, ima- like uh, this is why I think it was unnecessary. Um, now imagine uh, later in the series when they do meet a hostile group. Like, especially a group who's using the apocalypse to their advantage by pretending to be weak. Just how much more dramatic that scene would have been if Rick believed it. Like, Rick at this point is trusting everybody. And so, like, Rick being burned by people... Uh, after being so trusting for the last few months and then finding out the hard way about the apocalypse would make it would have made his rule sequence that he gets later on in the series much more impactful than I think it is now. Like, cause like you said, he, he meet these people that like, he's already, he doesn't trust them because they shot at him. Uh, they kidnapped Glenn. So now he knows that even, even though they turned out to be okay in the end, don't trust right away. So you learn that right away. But it was a very low-stakes sequence. Yeah, And I think it would have been more fulfilling if they just didn't meet another group for the entire first season. I think it would have been more impactful if they meet a different group
3: later outside of Atlanta. I think...
1: I think it's... Uh... Again, I think it is literally just a plot device for Rick.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Just to see that, like, this weird uh, naivety of him thinking that all people are good that he has in the beginning, right? Yeah. Even the ones that are misunderstood, but it also shows that he may have been willing to do something dangerous. Mm Mm-hmm. So...
3: No, I get that.
1: I get that. Yeah, because he he was ready to shoot him up. You know? Oh yeah, he he was ready to go kill them all. And like for a a dude who just woke up and the whole concept of having to deal with like other humans in in the apocalypse seemed kind of weird. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: he ain't run into anyone hostile at that point other than Merle, Merle, Merle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, it was just a weird, a weird like, oh, he's just. Down to getting in a gunfight over a bag of
3: guns. And yeah. We had
2: Glenn in there,
1: too. Yeah, but he'd known Glenn for, like, I guess technically Glenn did save him, so out of everyone it would make sense he would try to, you know, protect Glenn. Mm-hmm. But it all came down to a bag at the end of the day. I feel
3: like he was more worried about the bag of guns. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was hundred percent about the guns. The whole everything was about the gun. And like, and like, don't get me wrong. Obviously, wanted to get Glenn back and blah blah blah. But Glenn wasn't in no danger, and they made sh- like they made stupid threats. But it was like also like a a bluff. Like you could tell it was a bluff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when they called the bluff, they were like, ah, just kidding.
3: We don't want that. Yeah.
1: So. Go ahead, sorry.
2: Oh, I was gonna say, so if that was you and you were working at that hospital or that center,
1: they lived long I'd... lives. I'll answer right now. I was
2: saying
1: they <laughs> is the same thing we said about you being on a ventilator in a hospital. Uh, it is it is much more what's what's the word? It is uh, it's mercy much more merciful. To not prolong what most likely will uh, be a very either painful or traumatic death, your final moments, if if especially with like a nursing home and stuff like that, if it was possible to end it peacefully for them, I think it would have been the right thing to do. Because at the end of the day, all it takes is one of them. Like obviously they don't know at this point still, but all it would have took is one of them to fall asleep and not wake up. And a lot of people in that place are going to die very painfully. And yeah, and yeah, one, yeah, you're 100% correct. Like there is no proof that these, this, this, after they left Atlanta, that that was a uh, group that survives Mm -hmm. and 100% they don't. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a single chance that they survive because they're so they're, like, it sounds up like they're too nice and too worried about prolonging their the lives of the others and keeping them safe. So as soon as one comes back to life, uh, like, I don't know if they shoot.
2: Well, especially they kind of sealed themselves in there with sealing everything but one exit and enter,
1: mm-hmm. Which isn't a bad thing. But like, like you said, without them knowing the full extent of the virus, it, it, it's going to end in disaster. Uh, speaking of ending in disaster, so they find that Murrow's trucks took the truck, uh, which is kind con- a little surprising. Like I-, I guess not surprising. They probably park it in the same spot every time because they found a spot. They know where it's at. It's easy to get back to if they get separated. Uh, so that's not surprising. They run back to the fact that they can run back to the camp uh, makes Glenn bringing the car with the horns a little more disturbing. And a little more his fault that the horde comes there because if they're able to run there in a few hours, they're not that far away Uh, at all. They didn't go very far from Atlanta.
2: Uh, oh no, because in that one scene, you can see the skyline pretty close,
1: Mm -hmm. so yeah, so they're not that far. So that means like he brought a horde, he brought the horde towards them with the noise, uh, but. All those people, all those people there, like Daryl, Shane, all these people who are survival, police, they didn't set up any kind of detection system around the camp. The fact that walkers were able to walk right in, like, no, they do. They have detection systems, don't they?
2: They had some cans.
1: How how did the zombies get into the tent? There had to be more, like, there had to be more detection systems. Or before a zombie could just walk, like it's not like the zombie crawled. Well, like, they had,
2: they always had someone sitting on top of the camper. And then they had cans set up, lot, the cans on wire set up at certain points. But I don't think they had it surrounded. That's, that's their fault.
1: The deaths of Ed and Amy are on them. Also, man, I don't know why everybody's so weak. Like a dead body falling upon you, lacking muscle decaying, and none of them can just push it off quick? Right. There's zero... To, I, again, when it comes to zombies, there's zero reason to believe these zombies have any kind of strength. They have no blood flowing through their muscles, so what strength do they have?
3: It'd be true.
1: But, so, uh, what, do you, what did you think about the final scene of Amy dying, Ed dying, and Jim's explaining that he dug the hole because he saw everybody die. Um. I don't know. I think the Amy death sucks really bad, Mm because I think they did a good job with Amy and, uh, um. Oh, God, I hate her. Andrea. Andrea. I hate her so much, I don't remember her name. Um. (laughs) A uh, really good building. Their like bond and relationship. Even like though it was only like an episode and a half at most, you know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one's kind of really really sad. Uh, the uh, death of the husband. No one cared about because he was a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dude who dug the stuff. I feel like it was just a weird plot point. Kind of like what you do in apocalypse. You got people who go crazy. It's just that.
2: It's like it's like watching it, and it's it's like who's the red shirts from Star Trek that aren't going to make it out?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just weird that they um did it because again they they've been there for a couple weeks or a month or something like that, right? Like dealing with it, so yeah. it's weird for it to just all of a sudden break one day, mm-hmm. like just waking up, right? It wasn't like a slow descent into it. It was just like a oh yeah, I had a weird dream, and now everyone's dead, everyone's dying, and I know it. Yeah.
3: Uh, Yeah, it's just weird. So, I'm going
1: to say something that a lot of people probably aren't going to be. Amy shouldn't have died. Andrea and Amy should have been a major component of the group for a while. I agree. Uh, And they should have. I think it would have made. Obviously, if you haven't watched and you're just following us, spoilers when Andrea leaves later on in the series, it would have made it more powerful her being lost if Amy was still around. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, I think if they were going to kill off characters willy-nilly, the black woman Jackie, I think her name was, should have died there if you were just looking to kill off two characters. Uh, I I get... It was pivotal to... The way you wrote Andrea going forward, but I don't. I think you could have got better mileage out of Amy and Andrea together than Andrea by herself. I don't know. That's just my take. I, I feel like they could have killed. They could have killed off, like the uh, Hispanic. I don't even know what his name is. Is it Morales
2: his wife? Yeah, and then he. Because well, yeah, in future. Like you said, spoilers, when he leaves with his family, mm-hmm. it could have just been him and his kids since his, it would have been more, it would have, I think, made it more impactful if he was separating from the group because his wife had died.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, them, in the, that's what we'll talk about in the next one. Yeah, it would have made the plot of them leaving more impactful.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but yeah, I don't know, I just, I don't think they chose the right people to die there. Like, obviously, Ed. I, even Ed, I think Ed could have had some more powerful uh things going on than even Dell.
0: uh,
1: to be honest., uh, I think the storyline with Ed and Shane and even Rick getting involved with Carol and everything I think could have been powerful, uh, more so than Dell and Andrea.
3: But that's just my two okay. cents of how things went out.
1: I kind of, it kind of makes sense. I, I agree, I agree. Do uh, You guys have any last thoughts on episode four, Vatos? I wonder where they're at now. You know, all the mold people. I, I do. I I do wish they. Maybe they do. Maybe we just haven't realized it yet. Maybe at some point, someone goes back to Atlanta. Uh... But yeah, I wish there was some kind of indication of what happened to the people at home. I Maybe I'll look it up after this episode and we'll talk about it in the next episode. See if there is some kind of indication of what happened to either the family that left the group or what happened to the group in the nursing home.
2: Guillermo and...
1: You remember their names?
2: I remember Guillermo. He was cute. Is
3: that the dude from the... He
2: was the leader of the
1: Oh yeah, no, I like him as actor. He's in uh yeah. still Team. On you CBS. think he too? Oh
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> nice. Ah, oh, he's a good looking man. He he he's buff now, super buff now. He's not a skinny dude anymore. He buff now. Shit, yeah, that's all you had to say. What's your? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for uh, listening to another episode. Uh, we got a lot more coming. Uh, episode five and six will be coming up here soon, and then we'll be on to season two. Uh, so, for now, make sure you go follow us everywhere. We're on everything, hypothetically sound. Uh, until next time. Till next Deuces. time. Deuces. Bye-o. Deuces. Bye. 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 Dude, bye. 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 Goodbye. Bye. Yo, chill, man. Why are you so aggressive? Yeah. yeah, like they're just saying bye. God damn. Goodbye. attitude. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hypothetically Sound. We hope you enjoyed the episode. All episodes can be found at hypotheticallysound.podbean.com, as well as on Apple, Spotify, and Pandora. For full edited video versions of the podcast, please visit us at youtube.com slash hypotheticallysound.